Hello and welcome to this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty, a resource to equip and encourage leaders to make disciples who make disciple makers. I'm your host, Chris Swain, here with Robbie Gallaty, the pastor of Long Hollow Baptist Church, founder and president of Replicate Ministries. Today on the podcast, we continue our discussion of how to read the Bible beyond surface level, really how to read the Bible the way Jesus read and interpreted the Bible, the Old Testament for what he was sharing and teaching. Yes. How to make those connections. When we read the Bible, a lot of times we'll pick it up, we'll read something. And the scary thing is I've, I've had this plan in the past. I think you've talked about it before where you need an answer or you want to hear from God. So you thumb through the Bible randomly, and you just put your finger down, and you read whatever that is, and you try to apply it. <laughs> yeah, the, I call it the Oprah technique. You right. O open, P point, R read, A apply, Oprah. <laughs> and the problem with that is you don't want to get to a text like uh, he Judas went out and hung himself. You yeah. know? How do you apply that <laughs> to your sure. life? Uh, what are you I'm gonna not do sure that? you're going to want to uh, yeah, put that one into practice. Yeah. So this is a way to study the Scripture, but to get beyond what the surface level reading might say. And I would argue that mo- many people just need that surface level reading. Well, I mean, well, let's you, not say that, that I mean, we're, and we're not saying that that's not a good thing. We want to have that, but we want to get beyond that as well. Well, what we're saying is we're not saying that the surface level reading is lesser than or, or should be looked over. What right. we're saying is you have to start here yes. to build. So think of it like a cake. Mm. Okay. Like a cake. I like cake. Yeah. You like what kind of cake you like? Um, I, I like all kinds of cake. I may have. This is true. German I may. Chocolate cake is good. Do you really? I like pound cake. I like Oreo cake. Do you like red uh, velvet cake? Rollo cookie Rollo cake. Rollo, Rollo cake. cake's good. Cookie cake is always okay. good. Okay. I like a cookie cake. Cookie cakes are amazing. Um, I, may ha- I may have last night on the way home stopped at Publix to do a little shopping with candy and may have wandered over to the cake section. I was trying to find a small cake for me, but of course the kind of cake and frosting and icing and cake filling that I like is only Uh, on the 24, the the 24 inch. So I may, I may have been caught walking Uh, through, yeah, through Publix with a 24 inch. That'd be just me (laughs) for me trying to, I was trying to find candy as quick as possible to get that in the cart. Oh boy. Yeah. So anyway, when she saw it, she said, Oh no. (laughs) Yep. No, Robbie. <laughs> but you did take it home and you have eaten it. And then she ate a piece too, okay, so she good. gave it. Okay. Cool. okay, so think of it like a cake. Uh, let's go back for those who don't know where we are. And right. if you haven't listened to the last podcast, you need to go listen need now. So, yes. so stop here and go back. Yes. Uh, but for those who are already uh, journeying with us, okay. Last week we talked about four steps of Jewish hermeneutics. We're not saying our way of interpreting the Bible is wrong. Right. I'm not saying what you learned in seminary is wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm saying when you apply this way of study to an already – uh, learn process, mm-hmm. it's going to move it from a black and white picture to more of a high def, fuller mm. picture of Jesus and the gospel. Okay. So yeah. we're going to teach you how to read and study the Bible and teach the Bible the way Jesus did. Yes. Okay. This is the way Jesus did. Um, so it's called Pardes. Okay. Okay. Jewish hermeneutics is called Pardes, which is another, it's a, it's a, it's a Hebrew word for what? Anybody want to take a guess in this room? Hebrew word for garden. Garden. I didn't garden. Know that. Vineyard. Had you said that before? Is that the first time you ever first said time I've ever said okay, it? Okay, I've never heard that. Yeah, I was trying to throw you off. 
<laughs> well, it doesn't take much. Yeah, I was trying to take off. So, yeah, so I got you with that one. Yeah, it wouldn't take much. Okay, so it's a, it's an orchard or a garden. Okay. okay, and so you have these four ways of interpreting mm. scripture. So we're gardening the word. Gardening. Well, yeah, you're you're soiling the word, okay. as Jesus said in Matthew 13. There are four kind of soils. I like this. And our hearts are the soils. Okay, mm-hmm. we'll get to that another yeah, time. Yeah, I was gonna say let's not dive into that. Let's yet. not dive into that yet. Pretty deep. Okay, so let's let's study this. Okay, yeah. so the first thing is the first level of study for the Jewish hermeneutics is what surface level. Pashat. Pashat. Yes. P a s h a t or p e s h a t. If you want to go, Wikipedia. The vowels are up to you. The vowels are subjective <laughs> because they weren't back in the day. That's right. So. Uh, Peshat is a surface level. Mm-hmm. It is a 30,000-foot view. What else would you add? Um, I would add that it is a literal or direct translation. Correct. Or meaning, if you will. A word I'm thinking of is simple. 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 Yeah. Meaning anybody can pick up the Bible mm-hmm. with the, you know, the priest or the believer can pick up the Bible for themselves, read the text, and understand yes. what, what's going on. So That's let's right. go back to our, our, our text we read last Matthew week. Matthew 27, 45. There you go. You're already there. So Matthew 27, 45. Yes. We read it last week. This is Jesus on the cross mm-hmm. crying out, Eli, Eli, lima sabachthani. That's uh, very similar to how I, I read it. Yeah, that's exactly what you said. Uh and, G, and, it's, and it's translated for us, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Or abandoned me. Or abandoned me, as the CSB That's the, says. So basically, it says in the passage in verse 46, he says it, and then it's translated for us. Yeah, why is that? Why do you think, he, why do you think they do that? Um, I just assume God knew that I wouldn't understand what the, uh, the original words were. So. Well, he's speaking Aramaic, <laughs> and they're translating it into for English them, for you. Right. Yeah. See, okay. I'm thinking of myself as the audience. That's eisegesis. Once yeah. again, that's my mistake. Yeah, you're eisegeting the text. Okay. I'm wrapping it around me instead of looking at it in context. Yeah, okay. So in context, let's do Peshat. Mm. Remember, there's Peshat, Remez, which is connections, right. old and new. Then there is drash, which is the interpretation mm-hmm. uh, or the application. Right. Uh, and then there's sowed, which is spiritual insight given by God. Mm-hmm. You can't teach or yeah. learn. God gives yeah. it to you. Okay. And I told you to stay away from sowed. Drash is subjective. Right. You got to learn it in a group. Mm-hmm. So let's just do Peshat. Okay. Okay. What is happening in Matthew 27? And those who are listening would say, I've read this before. I've yes. preached this before. I've studied this on Easter. Mm-hmm. Jesus is hanging on a cross. He's crying out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? What is the Peshat reading there? Uh, just Jesus recognizing that because he has become sin, God is uh, turning his back on him in essence. Yes. And so he's being forsaken by the Father or being abandoned because he is representing sin. Now, is that, that would be my surface level. Is that right? Is that right? That's the question. I hope so. <laughs> well... <laughs> I would say yes, that is okay. right, because Woo. that is what we've always been okay, taught. Good, good, yeah. And you see the clues in the text. Yes. Okay? The clues in the text are, from noon to three, it was what? Darkness. Darkness. Anytime there's darkness, it signifies uh, the judgment of God. It, mm-hmm. sin- it signifies the wrath of God. It signifies uh, God turning his back on his mm-hmm. people. So we see all these clues in the text. Right. So we see that it's God from heaven mm-hmm. placing his uh, hands supernaturally squarely upon the shoulders of his son. Mm-hmm. We have the sins of the world being put on Jesus as our substitutionary atonement for right. sin or sacrifice for sin. Mm-hmm. God, in a sense, turning away because God cannot come in contact with sin. That's what we've always heard. And so, therefore, Jesus dies in our place. Mm-hmm. Would that be right? Yes. Yes, that's a Peshat reading. Okay. That's the surface level. That's what it means. But 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 if you go Remez, okay, so that's Peshat, surface right. level, literal, open. Remez is a technique. Now, I like to call it, as another way I call it, is called a Kesher mm-hmm. 
K-E-S-H-E-R, right. Kesher. Here's how I like in a Ramez or a Kesher. It's like a, um, it's like a website. Mm-hmm. You ever search the web with your, with your uh, little arrow? There's a little arrow. And when the arrow gets over a word or a, or a phrase that has a hyperlink, you know right. what I'm talking about, a hyperlink? Usually what, blue or underlined in some exactly. way. Exactly. And what happens to your cursor? It turns into a what? What does it turn? A hand? A hand. There you go. All right. Or it used to. They probably changed it. Does no, it, it still do that? It, yeah. It, well, it's an arrow, and then it turns into this little thing. Yeah, an arrow, and then it turns into that. And basically what it's saying is it's clicking. And so it's following the web yeah. to another place that connects the two. Mm. Okay, if you can get this, this is what's amazing. Yeah. The New Testament is filled. This is how a rabbi taught. Mm-hmm. They would teach by giving all of these hyperlinks mm. to the Old Testament. Now, you're probably saying the Old Testament you know, why the Old Testament? You have to understand. For Jesus, the Old Testament was the what? Only Testament. Only Heard Testament. You say it numerous times. There yeah. was no, that's why I hate the word old. Yeah. Because you and I hate anything old. Yeah. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we're just introducing the new iPhone 5. Mm. I know it's supposed to be 12 or, or 13. We're going back to 5. You five can't get really excited about that. Nobody no, gets sorry about that, you know. No, you want to go back to the uh, old Apple MacBook or the old, uh, you know, yeah. Android. Nobody wants that. They That's want true. the next greatest That's latest That's thing. Right. Okay, so the old is just it just makes you think, man, it's not good. But here's what here's what a remez is. A remez is a connection mm-hmm. between old and new. Yeah. Every time, and I'm under the assumption. Now watch this. Can catch people off guard, but follow me. I'm under the assumption that every time Jesus opens his mouth, mm-hmm. he's making remezes. He's almost all. So what you got to understand is John says in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The word became flesh. What does that mean? Not only was he embodying the word, mm-hmm. which we know he is. Right. But what he does is speak the word. Mm-hmm. Every time he's speaking, he's quoting the Bible. Yeah. He said, I don't speak anything unless I hear it from my father. So he's mm-hmm. speaking the, mm-hmm. the Bible. Now, the challenge for us is, and we'll take a break. Yeah. The challenge for us is because we don't know the old. Okay, and I'm talking me too, all of right. us. We don't have a rich appreciation for the new. Hmm. So remezes, and I'm going to show you one here yeah. of how to do a remez properly. A remez basically shows you there is a connection between old and new, and it brings the Bible in high definition. Hmm. So we will talk more about that right after this brief break. Coming soon is Discipleship Blueprint 2.0. Discipleship Blueprint 2.0. You've created a discipleship pathway. You've launched discipleship groups, perhaps, and you've created a culture in your church for discipleship. Now what do you do? We've seen people walk through the Discipleship Blueprint over and over again, and they've got great and terrific questions that we want to answer at Discipleship Blueprint 2.0, taking place March 2020, March 5th, 2020 from 11 to 9. You can sign up at discipleshipblueprint.com. And at this event, I promise you, you're going to learn all about overcoming obstacles to sustain a disciple-making movement. You're going to learn about the one thing you shouldn't outsource. You're going to find out how to lead a healthy staff toward a healthy church. You're going to talk about moving from meeting to multiplying among several other key sessions that you're going to want to be a part of. Check it out at discipleshipblueprint.com. I'm ready to go myself now. I'll go right now if it weren't next month. True. You're going to want to hold off. You're going to hold off. March 5th, 2020, discipleshipblueprint.com to find out more. And we're back talking about Pardes, studying the word, remez, scripture, making connections, hyperlinks, if you will, that rabbis used when they were teaching, as I was just taught <laughs> by Robbie. One of the things I want to point out, though, is before we continue on, I can already hear yeah. pastors, 
individuals I've worked with before um, saying, Man, what do you need all this? This is a waste of time. People are dying and going to hell. We need to be reaching them with the gospel, and we're spending this kind of time on it. What is this all about? Yeah. And I think the challenge is, um, and you've said this numerous times, and you'll probably wrap it up today a little bit, um, why we want to know God's word more, mm-hmm. why it's critical. We won't talk about it right now, but I want you to hang until the end so you can wrap it up and, and remind us why it is important that we go beyond a surface level reading of the word. Well, and I'll, I'll just defer to Jesus, okay? So in Jesus's day, there were just as many lost people in Israel as they are in your town. Mm-hmm. Just as many. Yeah. And Jesus knew that those people were living and dying and going to a place separated from God. And yet, the only time we see Jesus doing mass evangelism for the masses Hmm. is very few places, one or two, maybe three. Hmm. 90% of Jesus' time is discipling the 12. 90%. Why? Because Jesus knew if he could get these guys to not only understand but internalize and apply the concepts, they would Hmm. change the world. So. I, I'm not. I'm not saying it's an either or. It's a both right, and. We right. still want to reach Absolutely. people with the gospel, but yeah. let us not disciple those who are saved. We're not arguing that you need to spend all your time in a room studying the word by yourself. Yeah. But we are saying that there's an important outcome that will happen when you do know God's word and apply it. Yeah. Right. Well, it's kind of like a, a military guy. You're, you're in the military. You don't send a new recruit to battle right away because he can harm others and harm himself. Mm-hmm. And sadly, we send new recruits all the time into battle. We wonder why people fall away. Hmm. So there's a great, yeah, there's a great uh, benefit to raising up people, boot camp, Navy tra- SEAL training, yeah. uh, Marine Force, recon. Is that what you're uh, Yeah, I got always. Glad you finally. Yeah, Army Ranger. I mean, I got, I got to put the Marines in. Okay, so back to our study. Back to our study. Uh, Psalm 22 is the remez hmm. of Matthew 27. And it just so happens if you're looking at the Bible online, Yes. There is going to be a hyperlink right there at the end. This is an easy one. If you're reading your paperback Bible, maybe your hardback Bible, you may see a little uh, note there. Yeah. I think it's even on digital too, by the way. It is digital. I actually moused over it and my (laughs) arrow became a hand. Come on. Just like we said. Psalm 22. Okay. Now, the reason we did did Matthew 27 is because it's an easy one. It's an easy one. It shows you how to do it. You got to start somewhere. Over time, we'll give you more that you don't see right. in the text. And you'll openly. begin to discover some that no one gives you. Yeah, exactly. That's which, the beauty. which is That's what we, the real which beauty. we're That's so right. happy. Okay, right. so let's go back to Psalm 22. Okay. Okay. Do you have Psalm 22? I okay. do not, but I'm getting to it. Okay. I'm going to go to Psalm 22 myself. We were not. Neither, neither of us were prepared for this. Okay. <laughs> let me show you how to do remez. I'm there. Okay. Let me show you how the remez works. When okay. you do remez, the challenge for some people is they just read the first verse and they're done. Right. That is not how you do. That's not how you make a, mm. a connection. That's not how you make a kesher. I'm reading is, the first verse. It looks pretty strong, though. Well, it's the same I verse. I could give up. Read, this, read that verse because it's the same <laughs> my one. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Abandoned me. Same words, okay? Yes. What is the challenge with that? Does that give you any more insight into what Jesus said? <laughs> no, it does Zero. Not. It gives you zero. It just shows me the amazing connection between the Old Testament and the New. Right, Christ okay. fulfilling Here. what has been stated before. Yes. It's pretty uh, amazing on it. On, by itself. It's a great connection, yes. but it's more than that. Okay. okay. So basically what you're going to do is you're going to read this chapter in context, mm. and you're going to try to think, what did David mean back then, and what are the connections today? Now, when you go through Psalm 22, which mine won't pull up, but mm. if you go through Psalm 22, I'm there. Uh, basically you'll see, if I remember, verses 6 and 7. Read yes. 6 and 7. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by mankind and despised by people. Okay, here's what's in it. Let me stop you there. There's okay. so much here. We could yes. spend 10 podcasts on this. Okay. The word worm in the Hebrew is the word what? Uh, 
warm. I think it's Toledot or Toledet yeah. off the cut off my. Yes, okay. that one. I'll that was good. That. No, that was good. That was good. Why am I? I'm <laughs> asking myself. I was actually asking myself that one. I assume I actually, so, but I, I actually actually foolishly opened my mouth. Okay. <laughs> okay. Toledot or Toledet is the word where we get worm, but it's also the word where we get crimson. Hmm. It's also the word where we get sin. Hmm. Okay. So what he's saying here is, I have become. I'm. A, I'm not a man. I'm a what? A worm. A sin. sin. I'm sin. Hmm. I'm sin. What is Jesus on the cross doing in Matthew 27? He's sin. He's, That's right. He, he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteous wow. of God. Okay, keep going. Verse 7. Verse 7. Everyone who sees me mocks me. They sneer and shake their heads. Okay, what are they doing at the cross right now? They're sneering and shaking. Doing the same thing, right? Mocking They're him. mocking him. All right, go down to verse 12. Verse 12. Many bulls surround me strong ones of Bashan Ooh, okay whenever you see and animals here's a great insight whenever you see an animal in the Bible okay normally mm-hmm. outside of sheep I mean outside of lambs and sheep mm-hmm. or um, yeah lambs and sheep or rams anytime you see an animal a bee a fish um, a bull a bull a pig yeah who, who is that referring to um, Wow it seems that's always going to be Satan or demon no no, that's, that's good though. You had me thinking. Well, I was uh, just thinking of the pigs. No, so the the lambs, and, lambs and sheep are who? Jesus. Well, us followers or the nation. Uh, I'm way off. You're off. The, so you're par- asking the wrong guy. No, but you're the exact guy we need oh, to ask because you're like most people oh, listen because you don't think about this and there's nothing wrong with it. You need to think about the it. lamb who was slain was I was, I was referring to in my right. Life. Now, right, you're right. You pulled the Jesus card. Yes, I it's mean, Jesus. Okay, it is Jesus. But the but the followers of Jesus are called what? Sheep. Sheep, lambs. Yes. So the nation of Israel could be the children, lambs, his followers, okay? Goats, ram, or goats, bulls, fish, um, bees, pigs are all what? Another nation. So Israel, this is the chosen nation, uh, Israel. What is the it? The Gentiles. The Gentiles. Bingo. Thank goodness. Okay, bingo. I got so, one right on this test. Now, I'm not doing good. You're doing good. Okay, but you remember this. When Jesus <laughs> says in the Sermon on the Mount, don't cast your pearls before what? Swine. Swine. What is he saying there? He's saying don't cast your pearls before the Gentiles. Right, and pearls, if you connect that to Ezekiel and Psalms, is a connection to gems or truths. Mm. So what he's saying is, don't waste your time teaching truths to Gentiles who have no idea or don't care about. You're just wasting your time. Don't do that. Hmm. Remember pigs. So here we have the bulls of Bashan, which are Gentiles. Now, who's surrounding Jesus at the cross? Um, the soldiers. Soldiers. So you got Gentiles right there. Go to 15. All right, 15. My strength is dried up like baked clay. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You put me into the dust of death. Okay, what did Jesus, what did they, what did Jesus say on the cross? One of the seven words. I am... Uh, I don't know. Baked clay? No. Next verse. Next verse. Close. Next verse. Next verse. My tongue sticks uh, to the roof of my mouth. What does that mean? I have no idea. I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. I knew, <laughs> I knew he was. As you can tell, this is what I love about this podcast is there is literally no preparation. No, so boy. it's not like we're preparing. I don't before love it we as go. much as you right now. I'm loving this right now, by the way. I am actually loving this. Okay. Go down to verse 16. Verse Keep going. 16. For dogs have surrounded Stop you. Who are the dogs? Who are the dogs? Oh, my goodness. I don't know. We just no <laughs> answer is correct. Uh, the Romans is what someone okay, mouthing Yes, right the now. Gentiles. Keep someone going. behind you is mouthing the, to the me The Gentiles. Romans. They are helping you. You or, should see the – this was cool about the video version of this podcast. You can actually see the sweat from his forehead right now. 
Keep going. No, I know I don't know anything, so there's no nervousness whatsoever. No, okay. Keep going. Where dogs have surrounded me, a gang of evildoers has closed in on me. Watch this. They pierced my hands and my feet. Wow. Here's what's cool about this. 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 Uh, this psalm was written a thousand years before Jesus, hmm. and it, it's almost as if when you read Psalm 22, you have two options: either the entire psalm is made up, and the life of Jesus is a story that is a fictional tale that is made up, or it shows us that God is so sovereign, he's even involved in the minor details of mm. life, down to the people surrounding, down to what Jesus is saying, right. down to what his hands and feet are doing. Mm -hmm. So you keep going. Look at verse 18. Read this Verse one. 18, they divided my garments among themselves, and they cast lots for my clothing. Okay, what did they just do? Exactly what Exactly the said. same. I mean, I literally. I don't have to take any guesses. It's literally worth it. It's right there. Okay, now, Thank here's what happens. Now, here's what happens. So when you read the psalm, when you do a remez, the context of the psalm up to verse 24 is what? Uh, the crucifixion. Yes. It's, it's good or bad? It's, I would say bad. Very bad. I mean, it is yeah. bad. Yeah. They're, they're taking yeah. his clothes. They're crucifying him. His, right. He's thirsty. His joints are just, mm -hmm. uh, his bones are disjointed. But when you get to verse 25 in the mm -hmm. psalm, it's almost like the whole thing changes. It's like watching a movie and the yeah. scene changes. And from verse 25 to the end of the chapter, actually you can start with 27 is okay. where it really ramps up, but go to 25, Okay. I mean 27, read 27 yeah. to the end of the chapter. I want you to see how it ends. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord. All the families of the nations will bow down before you, for kingship belongs to the Lord. He rules the nations. Okay, who's going to rule the nations? This guy on the cross. Yes. Who's going to be the king? Who, whose kingship is his? This guy on the cross. You mm. see what's happening? Keep going. Yes. All who prosper on earth will eat and bow down. All those who go down to the dust will kneel before him, even the one who cannot preserve his life. Their descendants will serve him. The next generation will be told about the Lord. Now, is that true? Will the next generation be told about him? Yes. What are we talking about now? The gospel. Yeah. So we're way down. The generations, wow. we're still talking about it. Keep they will going. come and declare his righteousness to a people yet to be born. They will declare what he has done. Okay. So here's what happens. If you're an Eastern Easterner, if you're Jewish hmm. and you're in the audience and, and obviously John's there, Jesus's mother, Mary Magdalene, when yeah. they hear Jesus right before, he, this is the last hmm. thing he says before it's finished. Yeah. Okay. When they hear Jesus say this, what they hear automatically, they have a file cabinet with Psalm 22 that they pull out the file cabinet mm. and they know it in its entirety and they know exactly what the psalm's about. And here's what they know. The psalm begins really bad, mm. but it ends really good. Wow. And here's what the psalm says. It looks bad. Here's what Jesus is saying. This is what we love about our Lord. He's still preaching from the cross. Mm. Jesus is, is, is beat. He's got a spear in his side. He's got thorns or a spear, not yet, but the thorns are on his head. Uh, he's hanging from a cross and he's still preaching. And here's what he's saying without saying anything. It looks bad now, but we win in the end. Wow. Now that's how you do a remez. Yeah. Now. So when you put it all together, what I think Jesus is saying is, mm -hmm. yes, I have to be the substitutionary sacrifice. Yes. The father's turned from me, the wrath yeah. of God, the sins of mankind are upon me. But it looks bad, but boys, we're going to win in the end. So don't be upset. Don't be afraid. Don't fret because this is all going to turn out for the good. And you wouldn't have gotten all that if you just read verse 1 of Psalm 22. That's the whole thing. That's exactly the point. So you would have missed all that. You would have made the connection. You're right. But you're, so and that would have been done and moved on. So next time, we're going to continue on. because we, we, we haven't even touched on Dross yet. We haven't done and Dross. And I've got a lot more questions about this. Yes, and we don't, haven't touched on so. But as so. always, thank you for listening today. If you enjoy the podcast, text someone right now and tell them to download and listen to Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty. Also, if you wouldn't mind, give us a five-star review on wherever 
you get your podcasts. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty. If you don't mind, take a moment to subscribe and share the podcast. You can find out more about disciple making, resources related to disciple making, and our customized training on our website at replicate.org.